0: Welcome back Bears fans to another episode of the Chicago Audible and welcome to our week 13 preview show. I'm Russell DeWitt and I'm accompanied by my co-host Nicholas Moriano. The two of us, we're ready to break down everything you need to know before this week's divisional turkey day matchup against the Detroit Lions. Nick, before we jump in to Thursday's matchup, I want to know, did you enjoy your victory Monday? I did.
1: Uh, it's always better, obviously, when the Bears win. We don't have to break down a game immediately following a loss. But, yeah, I think the Mondays go a little bit more smooth. I only had two days of work this week with uh, Thanksgiving break. So, yeah, it's been a nice week, nice victory Monday. What
0: about you, Will? Yeah, I like you said, you have a little bit of extra pep in your step. Getting back to the typical work week is a little bit easier, knowing that the Bears won the day before. I can go into work and tell my boss, who lives in Dallas, like, hey, the Bears won, because he always gives me a little bit of crap every Monday, Tuesday uh, after a Bears loss. But like I said, Thursday game, Thanksgiving game, and I know a lot of people are probably listening to this podcast while traveling to some family for this holiday, and I want to let you know if you are, we're glad to accompany you on your drive, and Perhaps you have a little extra family in the car that doesn't know of the Chicago Audible and are listening in. So I want to say hello to the family. And take this to be a moment that if you are going to a Thanksgiving party and you have other Bears fans there who are obviously looking into podcasts and don't know about us, make sure you let them know. That would be something that we would be extremely grateful for. But Nick, are you ready to jump in and preview Bears-Lions? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right, so since it's a short week and we just played the Lions a couple of weeks ago, uh, we're going to keep this pregame podcast short and sweet. And I say that knowing it's probably going to be longer than I envisioned it going, but let's find out. First up, let's go ahead and take a look at that Bears defense. Entering the Week 10 matchup, we discussed how prolific the Lions were at throwing the football. They were entering that game with three straight games of 300-plus yards through the air, uh, But then, as we know, Matt Stafford was sidelined due to that back injury. Since then, backup Jeff Driscoll, after passing for 260 yards against us, he hasn't been able to reach 200 yards again. Uh, He's currently dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, They say he's going to start. I'm going to say that's not a guarantee, but more than likely he will be the quarterback we go up against. If not, it's going to be David Blue from Purdue on Thursday. So, Nick, I want to know. Obviously, the Lions with Driscoll now kind of, Being the man, they've struggled for the past couple of games. Uh, How should the Bears approach this now struggling passing attack? And maybe what can they learn from Washington that was able to kind of force a ton of turnovers on that offense?
1: Yeah, so that, that Lions offense has just not been the same, obviously, without Matthew Stafford. And we just don't know who's going to be the quarterback come Thursday. And Jeff Driscoll, what he brings to the offense, though, is that he can get outside the pocket and run for you know a good amount of yards. And he was able to do that against the Bears when they played him just a couple weeks ago. He did that against Washington. So I think for the Bears— if Driscoll is the quarterback, you just have to contain him. And I think with Driscoll, he just provides that extra element in the running game with his with with his with his legs. So I think the big thing that the Bears can take away from the Washington Redskins is that if you just get after Driscoll, bring the blitz, because the Washington Redskins were able to sack him six times in that game for his three interceptions. Uh, I mean, they were just getting after him the entire game. And I think the Bears, if they can replicate some of the, the pressure just coming from all over, the Bears are going to be successful in this game. That is, if it is Driscoll, if it's David Blau or however, however you pronounce his last name, know. if Brandon was here, he would definitely be able to clarify for us. But I think this is a matchup nightmare for whoever it is on the Lions offense because this Bears defense, you're seeing it now becoming a little bit more – Ferocious when it comes to getting after the quarterback. Khalil Mack has made an emergence. So I think regardless of what the Lions bring at the quarterback position,
0: the Bears are going to be ready. Yeah, and luckily for us, I would say Drift School having a ham.
2: Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to five hundred dollars on select adjustable mattress sets, and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. String
0: issue should limit that mobility, which should limit that entire Detroit offense in terms of what they're able to do with him under center. Uh, obviously, you just said what Washington was able to do. Like you mentioned as well, uh, last week, or well, just a couple of days ago, the Bears did a pretty good job at revamping their pass rush a little bit, getting creative. I'm hoping they do similar things because it worked really well against the Giants, and I think it would do the same here against the Lions. But I want to know, Washington and what they were able to do, those six sacks. I'm not saying the Bears need to get six sacks, but I think it's almost, uh, you know, it would be – I think the Bears would be a missed opportunity if they're unable to have the same sort of impact, right? Oh, absolutely. I think you look at what Washington was able to do.
1: Just It wasn't just one guy in that offensive line they were able to beat. They were able to beat consistently whatever offensive lineman for the Detroit Lions. And you just got to think with the Bears and – you know, Khalil Mack having the game that he did against the Giants. And even on that sack fumble that Mack had against the Giants, Leonard Floyd was right there. Nick Williams was right there. So you have guys that are, you know, ready to get after the quarterback. But I think you should expect, uh, you know, some high sack numbers in this game. It's The Bears have a good front, even without Akeem Hicks. And if Washington is able to do it, and Washington right now, they are actually, they have 29 sacks on the season, which is 14th in the league. The Bears have 26, which is 19th in the league you still expect the Bears to just get after the Lions, whoever the Lions quarterback is this game.
0: Yeah, again, the Bears' pass rush the last time we faced the Lions wasn't super prolific. I think we had one sack. It wasn't overly productive, but looking at what the Lions have been doing over the last couple of weeks, seeing what Washington, one of the worst teams the NFL, is able to do, to me it leaves no excuse for the Bears to find a way to make sure their pass rush is disruptive here on Thanksgiving Day. Now, moving forward, even though the Lions haven't been able to throw the ball as effectively as they did earlier in the season, one area of Detroit's game that has picked up is that running attack. They're averaging 121 rushing yards per game over their current four-game losing streak. However, I would say a good chunk of those yards, they have come from Driscoll. So with him being limited, that's going to help in this regard. But outside of him, the primary back over the last couple of weeks has been rookie running back Bo uh, Scarborough out of Alabama. He had two straight starts since our game against the Lions. So I want to know, Nick, uh, what do you see that Bo kind of brings to the table that the Bears need to account for? Because when I look at Scarborough, I see a tough physical runner, that bruiser type that fights for yards after contact. And that worries me a little bit. Yeah, he is a physical running back. And the Lions really had a
1: lot of success against the Washington Redskins when they ran right outside of the tight end. Uh, Bo Scarborough had 18 attempts, 98 yards, uh, 30 was as long, and three attempts went for 43 yards running outside of that tight end to the right side of the formation. So whether that is a Khalil Mack or Leonard Floyd, they have to be aware that's where the Lions like to go. They like to run into the outside, and in that game against Washington, they had five explosive runs, which is a run that's 11-plus Uh, yardage-wise, and they had five of those. So they are an offense that, despite having their backup quarterback, they're able to get some explosive plays. They also had three explosive passing plays as well in that game against Washington. Again, it is Washington's defense we're talking about, not the Bears'. but. Scarborough is a physical back. I think he also fumbled in that game, so even though he is physical and try to fight for yards, hey, there's an opportunity for the bears to maybe get a fumble. But physical back likes to run to the outside. that's where the lions like to run. The bears are probably aware of that. If I'm aware of it, the bears are, so they'll definitely be ready for the lions and their rushing attack.
0: Yeah, and Leonard Floyd had a problem the last time we faced the Lions of keeping contain, and if he's going to be you know, holding that edge and if he's on that right side, he needs to make sure he's doing that in a much better clip than he was the last time that these two teams faced or else we're going to see some of those bigger runs like you just mentioned. So that's going to be one area of the game that I'll be paying attention to. And up next, we're going to kind of tell you who we believe has the edge between the Bears' defense and the Lions' offense, and Nick's going to give us some other nuggets that maybe he sees on this matchup as well. But before we do, I need to call a quick timeout to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, Wrigleyville Sports. Wrigleyville Sports is one of the premier Chicago sports merchandise stores in the entire city, and their goal is to bring the city of Chicago Team Geary Happiness straight to the fans. So if you're looking for any of the latest Bears gear, they have it. From hats and sunglasses to t-shirts and jerseys, make sure to check out WrigleyVilleSports.com. They also have quite the selection of holiday merch like Bears ornaments and gift tags, and if you're looking at Wrigleyville Sports, you want to know, how can you save a little bit of money? Well, I can get you 15% off and free shipping on your order. And all you need to do is use our promo code Audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E. Again, head over to WrigleyVilleSports.com today. Use our promo code Audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, and that gets you 15% off and free shipping on any order of $25 or more. All right, Nick, we're breaking down this Bears defense versus the Lions offense. We just saw them a few weeks ago, so we don't need to get super into the details, but is there anything else in this game, anything new with Detroit, any key matchups you're paying attention to, or any other lessons that you may have learned from the last two games that the Lions have had since the last time that we've seen them? So
1: I wouldn't say there's really anything new. This is still an offense that will take those deep shots. Like I mentioned earlier, they had three explosive passing plays, and really you're looking at you know Marvin Jones and Galladay as those big play guys. But I think in this one, look, Kyle Fuller's been close getting an interception. He hasn't had one since uh, they played the Los Angeles Chargers at Soldier Field. I'm thinking that whoever Kyle Fuller's on, he's going to have an opportunity to jump a route. But also in that first matchup with the Lions, he got baited into a double move. But I think it was it was Galladay or it was it was Galladay or Jones that did the double move and. Kyle Fuller bit but I have a feeling that Kyle Fuller is due for an interception in this one so I'm not looking at specifically the matchups because I like the Bears you know, being able to win this even though they have some pretty capable receivers but there's nothing new that they do. They will still take deep shots with Driscoll and I think a key matchup and the one that the Bears did a really good job of in the first one was Amendola and Buster Screen. Amendola only had four receptions for 29 yards against the Bears in that first one. You want to have that similar type of production, even less. But I'm very confident with how Buster Screen's been playing, the physicality he's been playing with. But nothing new here, uh, just a couple weeks after playing the Lions at Soldier Field.
0: Yeah, looking at red zone third down, things haven't changed too much in just the last few weeks. The Bears' defense were 15th in the red zone, allowing teams to score in about 55.6% of those trips. Looking at the Lions' offense, they're also 15th in the NFL, scoring on uh, touchdowns on 58% of their trips in the red zone. On third down, the Bears have moved out of the top 10. They're in the top five. Got you there, Nick. I saw your eyes light up. Uh, The Bears defense, fourth in the NFL, only allowing a 32.9 conversion rate on third down. And the Lions offense, they're just outside the top 10. They're 12th at a 41.3% average. Now it's time to find out who has the edge. I'm up first. I have the Lions offensive line versus that Bears pass rush. And I gave the Lions offensive line the edge last time. And for me, this really depends on the health of Driscoll here because if that hamstring is fine and he's able to utilize his mobility, I think the Lions have shown that they can kind of create plays to get the ball out quick, put Driscoll on the move, and all that kind of combats the pass rush. And the Bears really haven't been able to find that pass rush consistently. Uh, The Bears have had one sack in the last meeting, like I mentioned. Uh, My gut says Driscoll's not going to be 100%, so that's going to help turn some of those quarterback hits that we had last time probably into some of those sacks because he's just not going to have the same escape mobility that we saw just a few weeks ago. So Bears found some success against New York on Sunday, so my confidence is up. So I'm going to give this one to the Bears. Nick, over to you. Who has the edge between the Lions passing game versus that Bears secondary? I have to go with the Bears' secondary,
1: especially because it could be Driscoll. It could be their third-string quarterback. But I like the continuity that the Bears uh, bring at just it, with their secondary. And I really think Kyle Fuller is primed to have a good game against regardless of what receiver lines up on his side of the ball. But I'll have to take the Bears' secondary in this one. I think the key is that buster screen matchup against Danny Amendola in the slot. He really limited in the first time. Don't want to see him pick up his yardage in the second meeting.
0: Yeah, because Amendola, he's a really good security blanket if you can allow him to be one. And obviously for the Bears, they want to take away Driscoll's go-to guy, someone you can just throw to without having to think about, uh, and that goes a very long way. So definitely a keen observation, a key matchup there. Up next, we have the Lions ground game versus that Bears run defense, and we share this one. And I want to begin because it's a tough one. And obviously, I'm a little worried I mentioned this because some of the bigger backs this season, you can look at Latavius Murray, Josh Jacobs. Jordan Howard, Todd Gurley, they've given the Bears some trouble. All but Howard had 100 yards, and Howard had about 81 yards, and Miles Sanders was also able to pitch in in that game as well. We're on a short week. I think guys are going to be sore, so I can see a physical runner like Scarborough kind of breaking some tackles and putting up some yards. He's averaging about five yards per pop. So I'm going to give a very slight edge here to the Lions just because I think I've seen historically this season some of those bigger bruiser type of backs give this defense some fits. And I just envision that not changing here on Thursday. And they're going to want to attempt to establish a Run to kind of take some of the pressure off of Driscoll as well. So slight edge for me with the Lions. How about you, Nick?
1: You know, this is an interesting one because you just see what the Bears defense against did against Saquon Barkley. Did a pretty good job of containing him. Go a week before that. Todd Gurley kind of goes off on this Bears rushing defense. So I'm going to – it's been very inconsistent with this Bears rush defense, to say the least, but I will give it to the Bears. I think when you take out Driscoll's ability to run the ball, especially being hindered with an injury right now, it's just going to be on the backs to make plays. And if the Bears can do a good job of containing the outsides where the Lions like to run, I think they're going to be set up for success in this one. So I'll
0: take the Bears uh, rushing defense against the Lions rushing attack. All right, we disagree, but we move on. X-Factor time. I have Leonard Floyd. Uh, in the last meeting, I mentioned it. He really was in a bright spot, uh, poor at keeping his contain. I remember he completely whiffed on a sack, and he misplayed an option that allowed for a decent gain as well. And we need him to be better this week. On Sunday, he did generate a handful of pressures against the Giants. Detroit put all of their attention on Khalil Mack last time. I'm expecting they're going to do the same. And if Floyd can just do something, anything, on the opposite end, it's going to go a long way towards success for this Bears defense. So for me, he's my X-factor. How about you, Nick? You know what? I have to go with Kyle Fuller in this one. Marvin Jones had five receptions for 77
1: yards in the first meeting, and Galladay had that long touchdown on Kyle Fuller. Um, So I think if the Bears want to do the best way of keeping the Lions from sustaining drives, it's taking away their two best weapons right now on offense, and those guys are it. So if Kyle Fuller is able to do that to the best of his ability, jump a route here and there. Just get physical with these guys like we know that he can. I think the Bears are going to be really set up for a good day defensively against a Lions offense that could possibly be missing their second-string quarterback
0: as well. All right. Well, we're now halfway or so through the show, and it's time to turn our attention and take a look at that Chicago Bears offense. And Nick, uh, Ben Broniker. Uh, concussion, which I think that answers some of our questions that we had on the postgame show about him taking that big hit and how that kind of affected his game after that point. And then also Taylor Gabriel is dealing with a concussion right now in concussion protocol. I want to know how you think this can impact the offense. And do you think it could be Ridley Ridley time a little bit?
1: You know, you would hope so. We haven't heard anything about Riley Ridley, but it just it, it has to happen at some point, you would think, right? Uh, Anthony Miller got a lot of playing time his rookie season. We haven't seen Riley Ridley, and this makes this would be a perfect opportunity to kind of get him out there. I know it's a short week, and it's not the most ideal situation, but if you have a guy that's dealing with a concussion, health obviously comes first. But, yeah, I think this would be a great way to get him implemented to the offense. And Ben Broniker, on the other hand, that, that – Creates a you know a unique situation I would say for the Bears because they don't have very many tight ends on mm-hmm. this roster. JP Holtz, you'll have Jesper Horstead, and then if you want to count Bradley Saul, I guess you can. But there isn't very much tight. There there aren't a lot of tight ends on this roster, and they really don't do much for this Bears offense. So I don't know how much Ben Bronicker really impacts what the Bears want to do offensively.
0: Not really getting excited about Jesper Horstead with a, an opportunity to increase his role a little bit.
1: I think it's exciting to see. I mean, we saw what he in preseason. That's always great to see. But I'm not expecting huge numbers from a guy like that. But good for him to get an opportunity to showcase his abilities, uh, being obviously that Princeton grad and just another guy, a very smart guy. But he seems like he's said all the right things in his interviews. But hopefully, you know, he makes the most of his opportunity.
0: Absolutely. All right, so looking at the last meeting against the Lions, the Bears we had three straight touchdown drives which came at the end of the first half and then the first two possessions in that third quarter one came on a short field after an interception but 70 percent of the Bears yards came on the two long scoring drives and for the rest of the game the offense was well its typical self unable to sustain the long drives going three and out in fact I just want to mention after their last touchdown in the third quarter the Bears went three and out on four of their final five possessions and that was something that was uh, had me disgruntled after that game so Nick I want to know what can the Bears learn from that last game in order to maybe find more consistent success on offense
1: consistent success I think is hard to come by regardless of the game they look at from the positives at least but I just know from what they did in that that game against the Lions and I was there to see it just kind of firsthand. it just seemed like when they were play action passing and this goes even into the Giants game as well when Mitch Trubisky fakes that handoff and actually shows his back to the defense and is able to whip around his hips, see the defense now. It the ball just comes out so much cleaner. It's accurate. It's a defensive throw. It's a. It's just everything that you want to see in a quarterback. That's what I want to see. Move the pocket a little bit more. Put in the play action pass and let's utilize up tempo. I think that's something that all Bears fans can agree that Matt Nagy, you can't, look, you can't realistically do it all game, but you got to be strategic in how you implement it in your offensive scheme. Look, Trubisky has said he's comfortable with it. He doesn't have to think. He knows where the guys are at. The defense can't settle. You can't substitute on offense, but it has worked for the Bears. So I want to see that in this game, especially because, well, these linebackers for the Lions, when they see play action, they freeze up. It is insane how how much it affects them. It just, look, that's the Bears' strength. That's the Lions' weakness. Let's put it together come Thursday. We're all happy eating turkey and seeing the
0: Bears actually score points. I think that's a great recipe for success come Thursday. Yeah, and it sounds a lot like what they decided to do against the Giants for the majority of the game. So maybe they've already learned that lesson a little bit, and they need to just take what worked in that game plan just a couple of days ago, refine it a little bit, because it shouldn't take a lot to really beat this Detroit line defense. We said the thing, same thing about the Giants defense as well, but I think this is easily translatable over to Detroit as well, which uh, out, their defensive line's good, their linebacker group's good against the run, but when you want to pass on this defense, things are open up rather quickly. And I envision the Bears doing more of what we saw as well last week. Some more of those heavy sets, max protections, getting Trubisky, limited options, limited reads with you know the max am- amount you can protect to make sure he has a clean pocket to work with, get him on the move with the play action that you just mentioned, and it should lead to some more success on offense that we've seen throughout the vast majority of of this season. And looking at the Lions, they will have a rookie corner out there. Amani, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Uh, He played for the first time this past Sunday. He did come away with his first career interception. He had a PBU. But the Lions secondary, they've been very poor all season. We talked about this just three short weeks ago. And with the Bears coming off their most productive passing game of the season just two days ago, I want to know, do you have hope that the Bears can potentially move the ball easier through the air? last than they did last time against the Lions. Only a hundred and forty five passing yards against Detroit last time, which against this secondary is a very poor number.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And I think you should expect that coming into this one. I think we look at, you know, the past couple of games, outside of probably the Rams game, Trubisky has shown some signs that he, you know, not maybe not progression. I don't want to say that now, but there's there's been some positives for sure um in some of these games. And look, Washington could have had a lot more yards had their Dwayne Haskins been a lot better. And I think Trubisky can make some of the throws that were missing that game. And that's, you know, obviously that's a, maybe a big stretch for some, but I think he can, especially if you just utilize his strengths. And I think we can see that come this game on Thursday. It's just, it's shaping up for Trubisky to actually have a good day. He didn't play last year on Thanksgiving against Detroit due to an injury. And he's really excited about this opportunity. Short week, we'll see what Matt Nagy can scheme up. But I am expecting some good things from the offense come this time around. Didn't really happen with 19 points against the Giants, but they were kind of moving in the right direction, especially when they sped things up with the offense. So I think you can, and it would be great. It would be great, Will, if they establish some kind of running game. David Montgomery, 13 carries, 22 yards. Just can't have that happen. And just if they can get the running game going some way, and they might be down, they probably will be down Bobby Massey, which I think is a key you know, key talking point, too. It's going to be hard to do, but you can scheme things to make it in your favor.
0: But the Bears haven't figured out how to do that all season. So, Well, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Like you said, the Bears need to find a way to establish a run. They need to find a way to live life without Bobby Massey, which could be difficult given the depth over there at the offensive line. We'll talk about some of those options here in just a moment. But before we do, I want to let you know how you can save $10 on going to a Bears game. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? So what if their site's annoying and doesn't have the events that you want? Like, hello, status quo. With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. So why is SeatGeek better than the rest? Well, a quick look at the app store shows over 50,000 five-star reviews. Now, how's that for customer satisfaction? SeatGeek breaks down the details, the green dots mean good deals, and the red dots are tickets that are just overpriced. And every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. By far, it's the easiest and fastest way that I've been able to shop for tickets. In fact, I just used the app just the other day to buy some tickets to the IU basketball game last night here in Bloomington, Indiana, and within a few taps, I was instantly able to find a couple sets of seats for a great deal right next to one another, and a really great experience. We've used SeatGeek over the years for all of our Chicago Bears tickets, White Sox tickets, you name it. Now SeatGeek, they'll even give you $10 off your first purchase like I mentioned. And all you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today. Use that promo code BEARS for $10 off your first purchase. Again, that promo code is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, and that unlocks $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek. All you're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. I'm slightly losing my voice here, so I'm going to hand it over to Nick. And you talked about it. The Bears, they need to find a way to run this football. But looking at four of Detroit's last five games... They've allowed 86 yards on the ground or fewer. They've been getting consistently good play from the defensive line and linebackers like Gerard Davis. And gosh, they have some weird names on the Detroit on the Detroit <laughs> roster. Uh, Jelani Tavey. they've allowed only 2.9 yards per carry last week against Washington. Now, this is something that the Lions have gotten better at in the second half of the season. Uh, getting at that running defense. So I want to know, what are you expecting out of that Bears rushing attack that has been held under 82 yards every single week since week eight? Yeah, it's uh, it hasn't
1: been easy for the Bears running backs, regardless of who, who, who is running the football, to gain positive yardage. And it really goes to that offensive line they're just not generating any kind of push. Uh, The best, one of the better run plays that the bears actually had in that game against the giants just a couple days ago is when you saw both the guards, Daniels and coward pull, And then they were spring. They sprung out forward to just lead the way for David Montgomery. There's a gain of 13, but you see such few plays like that where there's actually a nice running lane for the bears running backs. There's plays where Leno's getting knocked over and, You know, big number 94 for the Giants just absolutely destroys David Montgomery. The line is just really struggling to generate any kind of push. So I don't know what to really expect come this one. The Bears haven't shown a, you know, much commitment because there hasn't been much push. But I think the best way is to get those those guards. I would say Daniels uh, out in space because that's where his his strengths are when you get him out in space, just being a faster lineman. That's how you can possibly generate more positive run plays. And having probably Cornelius Lucas at the right tackle, you don't want to maybe run a lot of pass pro to his side. And you want to maybe quick uh, quick passes to the flats. And it's going to be maybe a tough day for him. So you want to maybe generate more runs where you can have some of those guards pull. That might be the best way to get this running game going, but they haven't done it all season.
0: Don't know if it happens today against, or today on Thursday against Detroit. I was like, whoa, what happened It's already Thanksgiving. Game time. (laughs) Wow. Got to go. But yeah, I'm in alignment with you here, Nick. I really don't know what I can say that I haven't said in weeks past when it comes to this bears rushing attack. It's really all in the offensive line right now. And, the lack of push, the lack of any open holes. It's the same old song, the same old dance. The Bears are gonna to have to find a way to utilize their short passing game as to be a supplement, to be the uh, you know the alternative to what a running game could be. So that'd be up to Mitch and the receivers to have good timing on those routes, because we've seen it where. Uh, especially for Mitch and ball placement. Some of those uh, little quick routes in the flat, he leads them a little bit too far straight out of bounds, and then they're just getting zero yards, and it's a wasted play. So we need to make sure that we do those correctly in this one. But, yeah, uh, this Detroit Lions defense is getting better and better at stopping the run, and our offense has been pretty much the same. Cornelius Lucas, I think it's going to be a step back from Bobby Massey. I'm sure you're going to have people – wondering why don't we go ahead and you know try an Alex Bars and I'm in agreement with that I don't know how a Cornelius Lucas is better than an Alex Bars but if the coaching staff believes that's the case then we'd need to trust you know here he stand and the guys to make that best decision possible for this team so we'll see exactly how it goes but Nick do you have anything else either on the Detroit defense that you've learned over the last couple of weeks any special matchups or just anything else on this Bears offense you want to make sure you hit on
1: yeah, I just want to make sure I hit on just watching the tape of you know the first time these teams played. And we mentioned it like in a couple of tweets today. The spacing for the Bears wide receivers all season really has not been good. You go to the, inter- the red zone interception that Mitch Trubisky has against the Giants. Gabriel Miller in the same play. And just to clarify things, Trish- Trubisky is throwing that ball to Allen Robinson. Not Anthony Miller, like a lot of people on Twitter claim it's supposed to be. Miscommunication, forced throw, not a great play. But also in the Lions, the first time they played, I posted a uh, a video on my Twitter page where you have Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson bumping into each other. The result of the play is Mitch Trubisky taking a sack 12-yard loss. The spacing needs to get figured out in this offense. I know people are confused at times. You saw that happen throughout the Giants game where Allen Robinson's trying to direct people where you need to line up. That needs to get cleaned up, especially on a short week. There's, I wouldn't be surprised, Well, if you see more of these miscommunication, these people out of alignment, especially with it being on a short week. But you can't have that happen. You see bad things are happening as a result. The Bears can't shoot themselves in the foot. They're already a nope. bad offense as it is. So if you add that to it, it makes it life that much more difficult for a quarterback that's still trying to find his way, for an offense that's still trying to find points. But that's the last thing I have on the offense. And I don't, I don't know if we expect it to be much better on
0: a short week. To be completely honest, this is a game, Nick. Where if the Bears can do anything but shoot themselves in the foot, we should be okay. Because Detroit does a great job of doing that themselves, uh, especially this yeah. point in the season. We've seen that kind of unravel yet again here in 2019. So if the Bears can find a way to have a clean a game, they don't need to be overly flashy, but just a solid game where you put yourself in the best position. You don't get, you know, take away opportunities from yourself that should be enough uh, in this game. But real quickly, looking at red zone third down, because I know you care Uh, the bears in a red zone, 16th, 57.1% touchdown uh, in the red zone lions defense, 23rd, allowing touchdowns on about 60% of those trips. Uh, On third down, you have the Bears offense still 29th at a 30.1% clip. and the Lions defense, it's 28th, so maybe the Bears can find a way to move this ball on third down. They're allowing a third down down conversion percentage of 44.4%. But it's time to find out who has the edge. And, Nick, we're going to share Lions pass rush versus that Bears offensive line. Who do you got? Ooh, this, is a, this is a an
1: interesting one because in the last meeting, the Lions were able to sack Mitch Trubisky five times. A lot was because you know Mitch was just not aware or ha- didn't have that very good pocket presence, but we saw against the Giants he was able to run a little bit, use his legs, so I wonder if he's learned a little bit since his first meeting with the Lions, but when you have Cornelius Lucas, mm-hmm. an offensive line that hasn't done the best, I would say they've done a better job in pass pro as opposed to run blocking, so... I'm I guess I'll give it to the Bears question mark because I'll give it I'll give give it to the Bears on this one if Mitch Trubisky is able to use his legs to extend plays if I envision the the play action happening the high tempo offense that will help to reduce the the impact the Lions defensive line has so I'll give it to the Bears on this one slight edge.
0: Yeah, do some up-tempo. Wear down that defensive front. Keep them on their heels. Give them no time to substitute, no time to rest. Uh, use use that play action. Get Trubisky moving. Uh, like I mentioned as well, I envision them keeping some of those extra blockers in. Limit some of those reads for Trubisky. Get the ball out quick. It should be a pretty good recipe. Again, the five sacks is a worry because I saw that last time by it, but I believe the Bears are going to be better for it this time. So I'm going to give the slight edge here to the Bears and just hope that the five just a few weeks ago is more of an anomaly. And with uh, you know with Cornelius Lucas out there, I think they'll have a decent game plan in place to help him out as they deem fit. But, Nick, real quick, back over to you. Lions secondary, Bears pass attack. So I think the Bears have found something in Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson
1: right now where you can keep going with this. They are creating separation, winning their one-on-one matchups. And I like that in this matchup, again, if they do what we've been talking about, Will, the height, you know, the up-tempo, the play-action stuff, you can get one-on-one opportunities. And these Bears receivers have shown they can win those. So – I'm going to give it to the Bears. Darius Slay obviously is a great player for the Lions and you know can make some plays on his own, but I like what the Bears bring into that matchup, and I know they're down some tight ends the Bears are, and you might see a Javon Wims, which would be a great thing for the Bears, especially with Taylor Gabriel going through a concussion. I still like those two guys, especially Allen
0: Robinson and Anthony Miller in this matchup, so I'll give it to the Bears as well. All right, two for the Bears, which leads to me. Lions run defense, Bears ground game. Unfortunately, the streak stops here, Nick. You're going to have to give this one to the Lions hands down. Just no push, no evidence that the Bears will break out. And like I said, the Lions have held teams to 86 yards or fewer in four of the last five. They're ranked fifth in the NFL over the last three weeks as well. Uh, Despite teams running on them 24 times per game, they're only allowing 3.4 yards per pop in that time span. I'm not feeling pretty confident that the Bears, this will be the week for them to uh, find a way to run the football. So for me... Easy one. This is going to be the Lions, and it's time to find out who's going to be our X-Factor for this Bears offense. This week I'm giving it to Matt Nagy. He needs to learn lessons from the last game. Take what he did right, eliminate what didn't work, and just create a well-rounded yet simplified, I would say, game plan that's going to be more effective. And I say simplified just due to the short week. And you talked about the confusion. Try to find a way, a way to get everyone on the same page because if you overwork them, over flood them with some information on the short week, I mean, we've seen what they can do with – extended time to prepare for a game. I don't even want to fathom what they would do in a shorter week. So for me, I think Matt Nagy, his ability to generate a well-rounded game plan that utilizes his team's strengths and learn lessons from the last time these two teams played is going to be a big role in this one. Who's going to be your X-Factor?
1: My X Factor is a guy that we don't talk about very often on this podcast, Well, and that's Tariq Cohen. Only thing we don't really mention him offensively anymore. And I think this would be a good a good matchup for him, especially on those linebackers in space in the passing game to really take advantage of their weak coverage abilities. it just seems like this season, Tariq Cohen, yes, you give him a couple of handoffs a game, a couple of receptions, but he has not been the same player he was, you know, his rookie season and I think this would be a good matchup for him to kind of
0: have a big impact. But Tariq Connor is going to be my X Factor for this one. All right. Good stuff there, Nick. And before we dive into our weekly predictions, uh, anything on the third phase you want to mention? I know the Lions gave up a kickoff return touchdown last week. So Cordell Patterson probably is on high alert for this one. I'm sure they'll shy away from him. But if he gets an opportunity, you never know uh, with him back there, one of the best returners in the game. But I know the Lions kicker missed a kick last week, so he couldn't be in for an ugly kicking game if it comes down to it. But anything else on the third phase? Yeah, no, I mean, I think what you also want to see on that phase is –
1: the, the communication being right. We all know how that two-point conversion went, the extra point, having the extra guy out there. But, yeah, they did let up a kick return touchdown, what the kick return did for, I don't know if he intentionally did this, but he dropped the ball. And whenever that happens on a kickoff return, it just seems like the gunners and everyone in their lanes, that all gets discombobulated and he was able to just break away to the left. Cordell Patterson is great at returning, so maybe this is a great opportunity. But I think, punting might be a big one in this game, knowing how both these offenses are run. So no shank punts from Pat O'Donnell. We saw that happen against the Giants, and we don't even have to talk about the kicking because with Eddie Panera, you just don't know. And Matt Prater, I think he missed one um, in the first meeting against the Bears, if I'm not mistaken, and then also just last week against the the Redskins here. So it could be an ugly day for kickers, and it could be who knows what's going to happen with the Bears' special teams because they always – Somehow, some way, do something wrong.
0: Well, I'm going to mention this is going to be indoors. Wind will, and weather will not be a factor. So, no excuses uh, for Mr. Eddie Pinero this week as well. You can't put any of those external circumstances out there this week. It's a clean atmosphere. All right, let's enter the final segment of our show. I'm excited. Let's do some predictions and let's go ahead and begin with our bold predictions. Nick, I'm excited to see what you got for me this week. Oh, man. So I've just been watching. Obviously,
1: with this Bears defense, they every time the fourth quarter kind of happens, there's always that, that comeback from the other team, right? They always kind of let up in the fourth quarter. My bold prediction, maybe it's not that bold. That's not going to happen this week, especially if it's a third string quarterback. This Bears defense is not only going to start fast. But when it comes to the fourth quarter, you're not going to see any type of let-up. No points are going to be given up in the fourth quarter by this Bears defense. And they just have a dominant performance from the first quarter all the way to the fourth.
0: All right, my bold prediction. I'm smiling because I, I actually felt pretty good about this one when I was prepping for the show. I have the Lions will have more penalties against than points scored. They're going to have 12 penalties, and I think they'll score 10. So there you go. That's going to be my bold prediction. The Lions have more penalties than points scored. And I think they had a ton against us. And I know they're up there in uh, the league lead as well with penalties. Like they are every year. Detroit's going to Detroit. Uh, so for me, that's going to be my bold prediction. Uh, hopefully that one comes true. That would be an interesting one to kind of see happen. But who's going to be your MVB prediction?
1: Yeah, MVB in this one, I don't think it's going to be, again, an offensive guy that really you know is the reason why the Bears win. It is going to be somebody on defense, and I think when you look at it, it's going to go back to Kyle Fuller. Uh, when you talk about the Lions, you talk about their two big receivers, We really need Kyle Fuller to have uh, just a big game. And like I said, he he's due for an interception. He's been close a couple of times now where in that Giants game, if there was an offensive pass interference, he's getting an interception, maybe taking it all the way. I'm envisioning Kyle Fuller to just have a big game. We know how he is, and run support can definitely provide it there. But in coverage and just the ability to read the quarterback's eyes, if it's a third-string quarterback going up against the Bears on Thursday, watch out. Kyle Fuller is definitely going to jump around and just have a pick six. But I expect
0: Kyle Fuller to just have a really big day. Excellent. I'm going to go actually offense. And I think, what, four out of the last five weeks, I've been feeling these pretty well. So I'm excited here. I'm going with Anthony Miller. Only one catch for seven yards the last time the Bears played Detroit, but when you're looking at the larger picture, in Miller's five of his last seven games, he has at least 52 yards receiving. A-Rob, he was able to buoy the Lions the last time out, and I think they're going to make some adjustments to try to take him away. I mean, that's what I would be doing if I was Matt Patricia. Take away Allen Robinson and then see what happens. And I think they're going to try it. Enter Anthony Miller. I think he'll lead the team in first-down receptions, and he's going to get his first – well, I said, did I say touchdown or first-down? Uh, I think – I don't even remember now. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. I know – see, active listening. I know you don't do it over there. It's okay. He's going to lead the team in first-down receptions. That way we're clear. And he's also going to get his first touchdown of the season, something I know he's been chomping at the bit to get as well. So for me, uh, my MVB prediction is going to be Anthony Miller. All right, game prediction. What's going to be the score?
1: So it was funny that you said the 10 points because that's exactly what I have, the Detroit Lions scoring 10, Bears 24. I think this is the one where everything just kind of comes together. I said that the, the defense would have a dominant performance from start to finish, but we see the Bears actually take advantage of a weak Lions defense and play to their strengths, just continue to build off the good things that they had against the Giants and not make those red zone interceptions or just, you know, throwing up a ball to the middle of the field where nobody's open. Mitch Trubisky takes, I would say, a positive step in the right direction and making the right decisions and getting guys like Anthony Miller, Alan Robinson the ball. So I think you could see a dominant victory come Thanksgiving on a short week, 24-10, to 10, Bears.
0: Very nice. Very close to what I have. 21 to 10. I still have that 10 there as well. And yeah, I again, we beat them last time. I'm very excited to see what we can do here again because it seems like I don't know. I don't feel like we're that much on the upswing compared to where we were just a few weeks ago, but I feel like Detroit has just been kind of trending down, and I like that. We need that, and that's the reason why I have uh, the Bears winning here. I don't know how confident are you because last time I was at a five, and my number's definitely gone up.
1: Yeah, it's definitely gone up for me, too. I'm going to give this probably around a seven. I'm feeling good about this one. Uh, Again, it's a short weekend. Detroit just lost to the Washington Redskins, a terrible football team. And we just don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. And even if it is Driscoll, he's not the same guy. And what, how much of a you know, good quarterback. Is he really, he's not very good in general. So it's not like it's saying much. And if there's a third stringer, the, the lions should have, no, they should have no chance in this one. The bears are a better football team. They haven't played consistently well, but I am feeling good about this one. They, they beat them last year when they had full strength too, as well. So
0: I I'm liking what the bears are going to be able to do come Thursday. It's interesting. You have the Bears winning by more, but my confidence meter's higher. I'm at a (laughs) 7.5, so it's interesting how those things kind of correlate, but the last time that these two teams met, uh, it appears that, again, things are just spiraling downward in Detroit, and I expect that from that team at this point. But the Bears prove that they aren't really ready to pack in their bags just yet. We saw that on Sunday. And we know the defense, they're going to come to play. And I think as long as they live up to their standard, I think we're going to be fine. My biggest concern is not even the quarterback. Mine's that running back, Scarborough. Scarborough? I mean, he... The big, bruising physical backs have been giving us fits all season long, and it worries me that they could happen again. And if it happens again, I think that's the way where Detroit can stick around in this game. But if the defense does what we're used to them doing and keeping teams under 14, 17 points, there's no excuse for this Bears offense not to find a way to outscore. We did it last time barely, and we're hoping, we talked about it all show, we want to see it more consistently But I I believe the Bears are just more talented, better coached, and for that reason, the Bears should win. And just a fun fact here, Matt Nagy is 3-0 in games where we see a divisional opponent for the second time. He beat the Vikings, the Packers, and the Lions all in the second meetings last year. And something I noticed is that the passing yards per game went up. The points scored per games went up. And then also the defense was able to make some adjustments last year as well to hold the opponents to some lesser numbers. So I'm excited to see if that trend continues here in 2019. If we can play a divisional opponent and Matt Nagy can learn those lessons from the first matchup, take them and apply them. He did a really good job in 2018. Let's see it again here this year. So for that reason, I'm at a...
2: Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep, all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to five hundred dollars on select adjustable mattress sets, and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at Tempur-Pedic.com. Seven point five.
0: All right, Nick, any other final thoughts? Anything you want to get off your chest before we close shop?
1: No, I mean, it, it was a short week, I think, uh, with the Spares. Look, they're, <laughs> when you see the graphics on you know, just the football games that play after, you see they're in the hunt. They technically are, you guys, <laughs> and they technically are. And realistically, after Thursday's game, this should be a 500 football team, six and six, and they have a favorable matchup against the Lions. And you mentioned a great point. Matt Nagy done a good job when seeing the divisional opponent for that second time. Hopefully, that continues. But I think the Bears, again, they're they're not a good football team yet. But they're you know they beat a bad Giants team. I know maybe I'm making too much of it, but we've seen signs here and there that maybe they can turn the corner
0: a little bit, but it is a good matchup having the lions be that opponent to kind of do that. All right. We'll see here in just a couple of days, but well, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope that you did enjoy our game preview. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. I think we're at 550 now. And I don't know if you forgot, but every time we reach a hundred, we do give away a free Bears jersey to one lucky reviewer. So make sure to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Only 50 away from that one and also don't forget to join the raffle and give yourself a chance to join us for the Bears Chiefs game. And you can enter that at ChicagoAudible.com slash raffle. Nick and I are going to the game. Bears Chiefs, we have one extra ticket. We have your name on it. Make sure to join that raffle so you can join us. And one last thing, since I'm plugging everything, Nick and I are kind of going through some wish list items that we believe Bears hands will want for Christmas. And we're gonna kinda of release those on the website as well. That way you can, you know, tell your family like, hey I want that Khalil Mack jersey, or I want this Bears jacket. Some pretty cool stuff that we're working on over here. And uh, like we have over the years, we mentioned this on Sunday, we will be doing a post-game show despite the game being on Thanksgiving. So you'll hear from Nick and I as soon as the final whistle blows in two days. Uh, But until then, I'm going to make sure to drink some water and try to clear this throat just a little bit for you. And, of course, have a great Thanksgiving if you don't hear from us before then or after, and we'll talk to you soon, all right? Bear down, Chicago. (laughs)